Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy, Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. These iconic words are etched into a bronze plaque located in the pedestal of the Statue of Liberty. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free— the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. The words are part of the New Colossus, the sonnet written in 1883 by fifth-generation American Jew Emma Lazarus. She wrote the New Colossus to help raise money for the pedestal of the new statue at the request of a friend. Lazarus at that time was also known for working with East European Jewish refugees and knew a poem of such significance could bring attention to the plight of refugees coming to America. But today, Lazarus's words and the original intention behind the sonnet have raised new questions about the meaning of the Statue of Liberty and what it represents. So how did Lady Liberty come to the U.S.? And what does this copper statue that's stood in New York Harbor for so many decades symbolize? Is she still really a beacon of freedom to millions around the world? 
The Statue of Liberty has become such a legendary representation of New York City and America itself, it's hard to imagine a time before it found a place in the skyline. It all began in the 1860s, when French poet and anti-slavery activist Edouard de Laboulaye proposed the idea of a post-Civil War commemoration of America's newfound freedoms and democracy. He believed France should give a great monument as a gift to the United States to celebrate both the Union's victory in the Civil War and the abolition of slavery. The idea resonated with a young French sculptor named Frédéric Auguste Bartholdi, who'd been experimenting with large-scale works. Bartholdi started drafting designs, and the original goal was to complete the ambitious artistic endeavor by 1876 to mark the centennial of the American Declaration of Independence. The statue was set to represent the goodwill between America and France. There was a little financial snag, though. Well, a big financial snag in both participating nations— To raise the necessary funds for construction, the French government introduced everything from public fees to a fundraising lottery, and the United States held auctions and benefit theatrical events. And Lazarus penned the new Colossus for the art and literary auction to help generate money for the pedestal. While all this was taking place, Bartholdi recruited an experienced engineer to help troubleshoot structural issues with the massive sculpture. Enter Alexander Gustav Eiffel, the man responsible for another internationally recognized architectural wonder, the Eiffel Tower. Together with Bartholdi, Eiffel helped design the 450,000-pound structure, that's about 200,000 kilograms, and specifically had a hand in planning out the iron, pylon, and secondary skeletal framework. The Statue of Liberty was finally completed in France in July of 1884 and arrived in 350 individual pieces packed in 214 crates in New York Harbor in June of 1885. Ten years after her original projected debut, the Statue of Liberty became an official New York City icon, and President Grover Cleveland oversaw the official dedication ceremony on October 28th of 1886. Lady Liberty herself has a full and proper name— the Statue of Liberty Enlightening the World. The statue's face was apparently inspired by the face of Bartholdi's mother. Made from iron, steel, and 300 layers of hand-hammered copper weighing 31 tons, Lady Liberty herself stands approximately 111 feet, that's 34 meters tall. She reaches an astounding 305 feet, or 93 meters, if you take her pedestal and torch into account. That's the equivalent height of a 22-story building. The copper coating her is three thirty-seconds of an inch thick, or about 2.5 millimeters, which happens to be the same thickness as two American pennies placed together, while the internal structure is comprised of cast iron and stainless steel. As for her signature green hue, that's due to the natural oxidation of that copper coating. When the statue was originally completed in 1886, she had more of a copper penny tinge, but over about three decades, the brown hue fully oxidized to form the sea green color, otherwise known as a patina. In 1984, the statue got a makeover when her original torch was replaced by a new copper one, covered in 24-karat gold leaf. The original torch is on display at the Monuments Museum. While the Statue of Liberty emerged from a desire to represent an alliance between America and France, its core meaning is a mutual desire for freedom, liberty for all people all over the world. It's no accident that the Statue of Liberty was placed to face southeast. From that vantage point, she makes a perfect welcoming symbol for visitors and immigrants from her home on Liberty Island. The seven-pointed crown on her head symbolizes the seven continents and seven seas, and the broken shackles at her feet represent freedom from oppression. 
Lady Liberty possesses a few other symbols as well. She's holding a tablet in her left hand, inscribed with the date July 4, 1776, the date of American independence, written in Roman numerals. And that giant torch in her right hand, it's meant to represent enlightenment, a fitting accessory for liberty enlightening the world. As for the Lazarus poem, some history experts like Robert J. McNamara believe that while Bartholdi had originally envisioned Lady Liberty as a symbol of America exuding its own freedom, the new Colossus represented America as a refuge for oppressed people seeking liberty and an understanding by people born as American citizens that had we been born elsewhere, we might be similarly seeking liberty from oppression and suffering. While there may be countless interpretations, dissections, and misreadings of Lady Liberty's many possible meanings, one thing is for sure. She has indeed served as America's one-woman welcome committee for well over a century. When the U.S. government opened a federal immigration station on Ellis Island in 1892, about 12 million immigrants were eventually processed there before receiving permission to enter the country, all of whom were greeted by the site of the Statue of Liberty nearby. Today, the Statue of Liberty remains a major attraction for citizens and visitors from all over the world. Approximately 4.5 million people make the pilgrimage to see her every year. One of the most popular attractions is climbing up to her crown, which has 25 windows overlooking New York City and the harbor. It's a strenuous climb up a tight spiral staircase, but visitors are rewarded with panoramic views of Brooklyn, as well as Gustave's original supporting iron and steel framework. The American Jewish Historical Society is leading a three-year initiative called the Emma Lazarus Project, which teaches students about the woman who penned the new Colossus. Part of the project is a nationwide contest calling for new poems about the statue. Winners will be announced in May of 2020. To learn more, go to ajhs.org. Today's episode was written by Michelle Konstantinovsky and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other grand topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across, uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. <laughs>